What's going on family? Let's talk about something that's been buzzing in the tech world, AI safety and security. How do you feel about the rapid advancements in AI and the potential risk that it brings? Have you heard of the stories about AI being tricked? It's a real concern, but fear not because there's a real solution, AI Red Teaming. You see, AI Red Teaming is all about stress testing. You see, AI models and deployments to prevent unauthorized access and data leaks. It's about ensuring that your AI can't be tricked into providing information beyond its intended use. And guess what? You don't have to do it alone. My friends over at HackerOne has a community of over 750 active hackers specializing in AI security testing. You see, in a recent engagement, just 18 hackers identified over 100 valid findings in just two weeks. That's the power of ethical hackers. Wow. So if you want to ensure the safety and security of your AI deployments, look no further. Head over to HackerOne.com and explore their AI red teaming services. With strategic flexibility, rapid deployment, and a hybrid talent strategy, HackerOne has everyone, everything you need to safeguard your AI. Don't let AI keep you up at night. Visit HackerOne.com today and rest easy knowing that your AI is in safe hands. My mother did something that no mother should do to their child. And if you're watching on camera, I'm saying this to everyone right now. <laughs> My mom, when I was in third grade, uh, she was looking for a job, couldn't find a job. She became. What's happening? No capping. We with AO, about to get a play bowl. Pull up to the table. Let's go. So last year, a study came out from McKinsey and company saying that the average African-American uh, will make less, uh, not average. I keep saying average. I want to say it correctly, that 42 percent of African-American people and 30 percent of white people will make less than thirty thousand dollars in a year. Um, they say that by the year of 2054, the average African-American, that's true, that will have a zero to negative net worth. Another study came out also as well, and it said that um, six out of 10 African-American who have zero in their savings has some portion of a luxury item, luxury purse, luxury, luxury backpack, um, expensive hair, expensive shoes. And when I was doing this studying, I was like, man, our priorities are off. And it's like, and I started thinking about like, yo, how are we building legacy for our future if we can't even take care of our present? And as I was thinking about legacy and, and, and life in, in the future, yo, I mean, I had to bring on uh, or bring back to the table uh, one of my closest friends, um, um, in the world, man, we, we've grown and we've challenged each other. And and he's become like really one of the gurus around two things that we're going to talk about today, really legacy and really kingdom building. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And I'm really excited about this because this is going to be a real conversation because things are changing. Me, him and my producer, CJ, were just talking about like, man, things are changing. The older generation and how they look at things is different from how this younger generation is looking at things. And I think our generation, this millennial young generation, we're looking at things right, but then we're also, we're looking at some things wrong. And today we're going to talk about really legacy. You know, I talk about, I want to get married for two reasons, love 
and legacy, not just love. I'm like, yo, I need to be in love, but then what can we build that we can leave for our kids? So before we get to my brother, uh, Brian Bullock, who's at the table today, uh, two quick things. Please hit that subscribe button. If you listen to me on a podcast, yo, thank you so much for rocking with your boy. Subscribe. Okay. And if you watch me on YouTube and, you, and you've been dating me for a little while, marry your boy. You know what I'm saying? I'm a good looking, you know, a decent guy. Uh, but marry me, uh, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification button, because we have a lot of content coming uh, that I believe that will bless your life. And then number two, as we get into this conversation of legacy, one of the key things to really build legacy is to make sure that you're avoiding debt. How do you avoid debt? It's by making sure you also have an emergency fund. Make sure that you have a savings account, because if you follow the baby steps that I teach that are Dave Ramsey's baby steps, the first three is a thousand dollars emergency fund. Get out of debt using a debt snowball. And then number three is have a fully funded emergency fund. The real the, the foundation of baby step number three that Dave put together was to make sure that when you get out of debt, you don't have to go back into debt when life hits. It's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. And so I park my money at prize pool. You can go to anthonyoneal.com forward slash savings and you'll be able to go learn more about prize pool and really how you can do it. But real quickly, it's simple. Prize pool is going to give you one ticket for every $1 you have in an account every single day. So for an example, if you have $5,000 in, in your savings account today, $5,000 in it tomorrow, that's $10,000. You're going to get 10,000 tickets. Okay. And uh, what I love about that is every single week they're giving away Grand prizes of $500, $100, $10,000 in every single month. They're giving away huge grand prizes for you just simply parking your money in their savings account. There's no minimum balance to open it up. You just got to open it up, put $5 in it and grow your $1,000 emergency fund or grow your three to six money or, or grow your, um, if you're trying to buy a home with my friends over there at Churchill Mortgage, man, prize pool is the best place because not only will they give you some extra money, but y'all, they're going to give you 0.30% of your interest rate. And that's actually about to go up. And then there's so many different things. So just go check them out. Because one of the key ingredients to legacy from a practical standpoint when it comes to money is margin. And margin is how much money do you have set aside for emergencies, for trips, for luxury items. Park your money at prize pool. So, Brian... Three years ago, bro, me and you jumped on. I mean, it's literally this is right when I actually started my show. Yeah. The table when I was um, on the uh, Ramsey Network. And I called you and said, yo, bro, I might do some, some some Zoom interviews. And I was like, yo, let's let's talk. Let's let's talk about some of the things that companies don't want you to know. Right. And you have a heart and passion for two things, really like kingdom and church planting. And we're going to talk about that today because, y'all. If you're in the Charlotte area, we got something huge for you. Uh, but then you also have a, a, an importance for legacy as a black man. Um, talk about that. Why is that important for you? And really, before you get into why it's important to you, what is what is the real definition of legacy? Man, <clears throat> well, legacy is it is something that is passed down. Okay. Uh, to me, it is your mark. It yeah. is your footprint in the earth. It is your contribution to the world. Yeah. It is you waking up every day saying, I'm going to leave something. Mm -hmm. And I think too often we've made legacy like I'm going to leave money mm -hmm. or I'm going to leave a house or I'm going to leave all my cars. Yeah. 
And what we're learning is that, nah, I'm going to leave a good reputation. Yeah. I'm going to leave uh, good habits. Mm. I'm going to leave a smile mm-hmm. <laughs> throughout my day to mm-hmm. a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you ever, if I, if I ask you right now, think of somebody who's always smiling, always laughing, always makes you feel good. Somebody comes to your mind. Yes. That is a legacy. They left a mark on you. Yeah. They left an impact. Yeah. And so the idea of legacy is, hey, what's your mark? Mm. What are you trying to contribute to this world? Uh, I, I thank God for introverts and I thank God for people who want to exist without being seen or heard. But that's not the real way God wants you to live. Right. The reality of it is the scripture says, let your light so shine before men that men may see your good deeds and glorify your father who's in heaven. Right. God's like, let your light shine. Right. <laughs> Whether you're an introvert, extrovert, whatever that light is on the inside, however God has given it to you to impact this earth, yeah. you are here to make some noise. Yeah, yeah. You are here to turn something up. You are here to leave a legacy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, the reason why that that's, uh, message uh, is so important I grew up single mom, absent dad. Okay. Uh, grew up in the hood of Boston yeah. where New Edition grew up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> where, where Bobby Brown yeah, was. Bobby, Bobby. <laughs> and so, man, I just grew up in the inner city, in the hood, government assistance, uh, food stamps, yeah. uh, you know, the government, uh, the city bringing toys, yeah. you know, for Christmas and all those different things. And I watched my mom kind of struggle her way through trying to wow. raise me and my brothers on her own. Wow. And uh, she would always take us to church. And my grandfather's at church. And my grandfather, who's still alive today, 86 years old, still preaching, still singing, still jumping off stages and, yeah. you know, throwing his jacket across the room. And uh, you back <laughs> in, in Boston. Boston. Mm-hmm. Okay, Small Baptist church in Boston. And so my grandfather used to always pull me to the side and he used to say, who are you? And I say, I'm Brian. But he's like, no, you're a bullock. You're a bullock. That's my last name. Right. And he would always say stuff like, hey, I need you to sing because bullocks sing. You know, Mm. I need you to work because bullocks work. Mm. He got on me one time because I came to church in a sweater and a V-neck. Looking good, you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, he was like, where's your tie? I a said, tie? Yes. I said, I ain't got no tie, Grandpa. He said, you a bullock. Bullock wear ties. Right. At the time, this kind of felt a little annoying. I was kind of like, Grandpa, ease up on your boy. Come on, man. But what he was doing, he was giving me identity. Yeah. He was building legacy within my mind. And so now that I'm older, um, I have a family. I have a wife. I have two kids. For me now, I'm like, oh, this is what it means to be a bullock. And that's what I'm trying to push everybody to. What does it mean to be you? Mm. <laughs> what do you represent? Mm. And how many other people can you impact with that same mindset? Man. And, and, and so when you think about that, and I want to ask this question. We're going to be bouncing around. I, I just I just want to flow and just answer the questions or ask the questions that I feel my tribe is listening. When, you were raised by a single mother. Yeah. But it sounds like your grandfather played a huge role in your life. 100%. Do you believe that single mothers can leave a legacy? 100%. Without question. Mm. I think my mom gave me my work ethic. Oh, for real? Um, 100%. My mom, I watched her go from getting her GED to a college degree. Wow. And so I watched my mother... My mother did something that no mother should do to their child. And if you're watching on camera, I'm saying this to everyone right now. (laughs) My mom, when I was in third grade, uh, she was looking for a job, Uh couldn't find a job. She became my cafeteria lady at my elementary school in third grade without my permission. (laughs) 
I showed up in the cafeteria and my mom was behind the counter serving my friend's food. Wow. My friends was like, they go, your mama. I said, no, your mama. And they said, no, 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 for real, that's your, that's your mama back there serving food. I was kind of embarrassed, like, oh, my mother's a cafeteria lady. My mom still works at the same school, but she's not in the lunchroom. She's in the classroom. Wow. And now she's the longest tenured teacher in that school. They give her all the difficult cases, all the difficult uh, 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 child and children and classes and all that stuff. And she's crushing it. My mom's going to. My mom's a millionaire. She's doing her thing. Wow. And so for me as a single mom, I was inspired by watching her work ethic and not letting life break her. And so when I go through stuff now, I think about my single mother. When I have a hard, difficult time, I'm thinking about, man, my single mom went through that. And she didn't break. So I'm not going to break. So absolutely. Anybody telling a single mom that you don't mean anything or you don't bring value or you're not accomplishing much. You got to get that out your head and you got to get those voices out your head. You are absolutely making an impact and you cannot allow the relationship with a father of that child uh, to deter you from building something significant in your own personal life. And and I hope single mothers hear me on that and hear you on that. Cause man, you, I, I feel sorry for the men who de- who choose to not be in their children's life. And all of this goes on to that single mother. Mm-hmm. And I just want, I, I wanted to ask that question because I knew the answer to that question. And I just want to say thank you to all the single mothers who are doing what the things you should be doing and the things that you shouldn't have to do by yourself. And you are leaving a huge legacy um, on, on your kids. But here's what I love. My mom was mature enough to say, I can't do it all by myself. Mm. She wasn't trying to be something she was not. She Mm -hmm. knew Mm -hmm. that regardless of the strength, the resources and the provisions she was bringing to me and my brothers, we needed a man somewhere. And so her bringing me to my grandfather every week is, Mm -hmm. it was her saying, Hey, I know that there are some aspects of his life Mm -hmm. that he's going to need a man in his life. Mm -hmm. And so kudos to my mom to even be able to do that um, because she put me in a position to get what I needed from him while also getting everything that I needed from her. Correct me if I'm wrong on this one. On Mother's Day. Yeah. I do a post every single Mother's Day that just, it just makes mothers upset. Okay. You you said something that made me think about this. I never asked Brian, does he think I'm wrong for saying this? Okay. Because you said that your mom says, hey, I'm your mother. Yeah. You are my responsibility. But I also know that I can't do certain things that men can do. Yeah. One of the things that irks me on Mother's Day when I see mothers being told, or like on Father's Day. Yeah. Mothers being told, happy Father's Day. Yeah, yeah. Do you think I'm wrong <laughs> for telling, for, for saying, yo, listen, on uh, Father's Day, let's celebrate our good fathers. Yeah, yeah. Let's not say happy Father's Day yeah. to mothers. Yeah. And let's not say happy Mother's Day to yeah, single yeah. fathers. Yeah, yeah. Do you think I'm wrong for that? <clears throat> well, let me say this. I have the best mother in the world. I don't know about all that. I'm just I got to tell the best you, mother in the, best whole world. In the world. But you may got number two. I got number one. I love you, mama. Actually, you may got number three because I got two of them. Betty Ann, Jimmy, and Terry Ross. I love you. Brian Bullitt got number three. I got the third best mother in the world. There you go. You're at my table. I'm on the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On her best day, yeah, yeah. she'll never be my father. Ooh. You just upset 
some people. I understand that. <laughs> we have to. We 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 cannot erase fatherhood. But what about because these- there's so many bad fathers? And right. here's why I don't celebrate single moms on Father's Day. Okay, okay, okay. Go. Because oh. whatever you celebrate will be repeated. And in the celebration of a single mom on Father's Day, what I'm actually doing is repeating the cycle that dads don't matter. And regardless of how bad a father is or was, I cannot allow that lie that fathers don't matter to go throughout my family or go throughout my community or go throughout social media. I can't do that. So we can't let absent dads Mm -hmm. Make uh, replace all dads. Come on. We just have to say, hey, this dad wasn't that great. Wasn't Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. But we're not going. And I know why people do that, right? People do that because no one wants to feel deficient. Right, right. No one wants to feel like I missed out on anything. I was lacking anything. And we like to say stuff like my father wasn't there, but I didn't miss him. And it's like, nah, I missed him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I missed him. Absolutely. I wish he was there. There were some things that I absolutely needed uh, for him to provide. Wow. But he did it. Wow. And my mom supplemented it as much as she could. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't celebrate mom. I celebrate my mom all the time. Absolutely. But on Father's Day, I think about, here's the deal. I think about all the men, mm-hmm. even if they weren't my biological father. I had a father somewhere. You had a basketball coach. Absolutely. You had a choir director. You right. had a pastor. You right. had a mentor. You had an uncle. Mm-hmm. You had an older brother. Mm-hmm. And on that Father's Day, it's okay to take that day to say, hey, uh, I just celebrate you for for being absolutely a man in my life that I needed to see. Man, you just ups, uh, you just you just upset some ladies. Mama, I love you wherever you are. Just, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and it's so funny, man, because it's like I get slammed every Father's Day when I when I post that because I'm like I, I agree with what you said. I grew up with two great fathers. Yeah, you know my biological father and my other father. I hate the term step. But I also understand that that wasn't the case for all people like yourself. But I'm like, just like what you said, just because McBride didn't grow up with a father, I did. And I don't want because we know negative spreads further and faster than good. And what I don't want is my father being overlooked because of the bad men out there who decided not to be a father. Yeah. You know, and and I'm just like, yo, but let's not take away from what our single mothers are doing because they are out here killing it. They're out here being a mother, being an employee, being a side business owner, doing side hustles, coming home, making sure homework's good. Food is on the table. They're they're protected and then even have to deal with their own self. Hundred percent. And and, I totally understand that. Let's talk to the men. Because there's some men watching me right now and we're talking about legacy. And I believe that while single mothers can and should be and will be providing legacy, men who are absent, who are choosing to be absent Mm -hmm. from their children's life is impacting legacy. hundred percent. I'm trying to be sensitive because I don't I don't want to be disrespectful. Yeah. But it irks me. My mom, and I can say this, I love you, mama. My biological mom did my biological father wrong. Mm -hmm. My biological mom and my other father did my biological father wrong. Mm -hmm. To the point to where my biological father could have been like, peace. Mm -hmm. 
But my biological father said, I'm not going to be absent from my son's life. Mm. And I think because of seeing that, after I learned about their story when I got older and and learning what my dad did and what he endured to be in my life yeah. after what my mom and other father did, yeah. that impacted me. Mm. If my father would have left, that would have impacted me. Yeah. How do how do fathers, man, who are un, who who are not with their child's mother, mm-hmm. what should they be doing to <clears throat> contribute to leaving a solid legacy for their kids? Man, um, I think that most fathers today, especially let me talk to these this young talk generation of talk fathers, they get on my nerve too. <laughs> <laughs> There's a mentality within men, mm-hmm. and and you see this even uh, within the dating scene. Mm-hmm. There's a mentality in men that I've got to have it all together mm. before I can make a real impact in that child's life. Mm. So part of the reason why my dad really wasn't in my life, because his life was a mess. In his mind, he's thinking, hey, as soon as I clean up my life, Yo, oh, soon as I like get get myself where I need to be and do what I got to do, then I'm gonna come back. Wow, say the day, crush it. Wow. Here's the problem: that mindset mm-hmm. uh, is the exact same mindset that never allowed him to get his life together. He he he's still trying to get his life together. <laughs> he's still trying to clean up the mess. Ooh. And I think there are too many fathers mm-hmm. who are like, I ain't got the money yet. Mm-hmm. I don't have the house yet. Mm-hmm. I don't have a car yet. Mm-hmm. A lot of these fathers are getting out earned by these single mothers. Yes. A lot of these fathers are struggling while the single moms are actually accelerating and doing what they got to do. Killing. And so the fathers sometimes feel intimidated mm. because they're like, I ain't there yet. Mm-hmm. And they want to prove something. They want to show something. So wait till I get my stash. Wait till I get this thing. And little, if my father only knew that the last thing I needed from him was money. The last thing that was going to impress me about him was a car. Yeah. The last thing I was going to think about was, yo, did you see dad's house? Yeah. I was never going to think of those things. Yeah. You know what I remember about my dad? I remember my dad used to get paid on Friday nights mm-hmm. and he used to take us to go get some pizza. I remember that. And those are the best times of my life. Yeah. I remember my dad waking us up early on a Saturday morning mm-hmm. and taking us to go to the barber shop to get a haircut. <laughs> it was one of the best times of my life. Yeah. I remember Sunday mornings, my dad making oatmeal, no one knowing what he put in it <laughs> and just being like, yo, this is amazing. Yeah. That's what I remember. Yeah. And guess what? Yeah. Now that I'm a father, yeah. every Friday I get paid a lot, but I get paid for <laughs> everywhere, different places. But every Friday, <laughs> yeah. Pizza. Pizza for the kids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, son, we going to barbershop. I take my son to barbershop, get him his haircut. Wow. I, I'm I'm making oatmeal and putting stuff in, putting nutmeg, cinnamon, yeah. browns. They don't know what's in this thing. Yeah. That's a legacy. Absolutely. That's been passed down. Absolutely. And I think too many men are focusing on the money. Yeah. When they really need to focus on the mindset. And they need to focus on their presence. <sighs> their presence. Is better than their presence. Ooh. I I want your presence, not your gifts, not your presence. My dad would try to come and give us something, some socks and stuff. I don't need that. I need your wisdom. Tell me, matter of fact, tell me about your mistakes. Tell me where you messed up at and how I can avoid some of the pitfalls you went through. 
Mm. And if I can get more fathers to focus on that, they can start building legacy right now mm. because the kids don't really care. Mm. They just really don't. Mm. Mm. <sighs> oh, he preaching. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he, he, he preaching good, man. You know, because you're right. I mean, I... One of the main reasons why I am not married yet is because I was somewhat like your father. Let me get my life right mm-hmm. before I get married. Can, can, I, can I talk about that for a second? Talk, to, talk about it. All right. Here's the thing. If my dad, I hate to say this, mm-hmm. had my dad just loved my mother mm-hmm. and just said, you know what? I, I, I'm struggling. Mm. My mom would have got his life straight. My My mom... My mom was actually the solution to his problem. Wow. My what, mom. What, what do you mean by that? So I told you, I started with saying my mom was a very driven woman. Yes. My dad is not a driven person. Yeah. My dad is a construction worker. My dad can build a house from scratch. Wow. My dad can sing. Wow. My dad walks into a room and lights up the whole room. Wow. So my dad's got a gift. Mm-hmm. He's got an amazing gift. Right. He ain't got to drive. Mm. My mama. Has to drive. Got to drive. I'm a school teacher, but her gift is not as big as my dad's gift. Not right. as loud. Right, right. So for me, I'm just like, had you, you had somebody there to be the drive in your life to take that gift. My dad would have made millions. Had he would have just said, I got a good woman right here. Yeah, yeah. And we got some good sons. Yeah. And if instead of me trying to go over here in the corner and try to get my life together, maybe, maybe I just love this woman. And maybe if I just love this woman and get in agreement with this woman, get on the same page with this woman, we can build something together. Mm. I'm amazed Mm. at how many baby daddies, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. baby fathers, whatever Mm -hmm. y'all want to call them, Mm -hmm. who are off on the side making pennies. Mm -hmm. When if they just got with that woman (laughs) who's driven and motivated and, and like we can do this. She will multiply those pennies if you really just got on the same page. And so you're kind of fighting your child's mother where if y'all really got on the same page. And and at this point, I'm not even talking about y'all being in a relationship. I'm not even talking about y'all getting married. Right, right. At this point, I'm just talking about getting on the The same same page. page. You can do more getting on the same page with that. You you slept with her for a reason. Uh uh It it wasn't all bad. (laughs) There was something in there that you saw for a little bit that said there's something good in there. And the fact that she's raising your kids and the fact that your kids are not crazy and the fact that your kids look better than you means she's got something Something. in her. And maybe you should, instead of being on the side trying to clean some stuff up, maybe I should get on the same page and build legacy, even if we're not going to be married. It's so funny, man, because last month, I think, you know, the couple you met them, um, uh, the couple that went viral for uh, $47 wedding dress, $500 wedding. He said that they almost didn't get married because he wasn't he, he wasn't winning in life. Mm. He wasn't making a lot of money. Mm. He was not in a position to where he felt like he could provide. And then she looked at him and said, we could do it. But we she said, we can wait, but we can do it. Yeah. And she looked at him and said, like. I believe in you. Yeah. We get married. This would be so much better. Yeah. And he said, man, it took me as a man to humble myself. Yeah. To go to set the pride aside and to be like, if this woman is saying she loves me and I'm not making a lot of money to where I can provide for us. Yeah. That's the woman that I do not need to let go of. 100%. 
And he was like, to me, that's that's legacy. And I think a lot of men, including myself, I'll put myself out there, have missed out on our helpmate or a helpmate um, earlier on in life. We've missed out on starting to build a probably a stronger legacy. Yeah. Because we were not willing to admit that, hey, I'm not there. But this he said when she said that, he said, all right. This is what I can do. Yeah. This is how much I can afford. Mm-hmm. And she was like, as much as a woman, Anthony, when he told me he only can afford a four hundred dollar ring. Yeah. I was emotionally like, Ugh. when he said we can only afford this, mm. I was like, Ugh. she said, but I, I reminded myself of the ultimate vision. Yeah. Legacy, love, kingdom. Yeah. And today they're married, happily married. Dude, when I got married, I got married fourteen years ago. Mm-hmm. I was twenty four years old. My wife was twenty three. Mm-hmm. At 24 years old, I got a job. I was making $25,000 a year. 25. $25,000 a year. Now, this is- this What, is early 2000s? Early 2000s. Mm-hmm. My wife was making 35000 a year. She was making more money than you. She was making $10,000 more than me, okay? So I was thinking, man, she making more than me. This looks kind of weird. Right. First of all, I'm making pennies, right? Right. But I'm like, man, she's, she's, she's doing better than me. I had that whole intimidation thing, but then I'm thinking, wait a minute, together we make 60. <laughs> so, That's the truth. Bro. I can make 25 by myself no. or 60 or together. 60 together. So I'm like, all right, let's, let's, we make it 60 together. Now, how was she? Was it, was she looking at you any differently? No. Because you have ladies now in this culture. Yeah, yeah. Saying that they will not date a man. Yeah, yeah, of course. Who makes less money than him. Yeah, yeah. And I also think that's preventing that woman from a legacy journey. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, oh, he makes 42,000. I make 60. Yeah, yeah. But together now, y'all making 102. Yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've seen, uh, I've seen rich fools and I've seen broke wisdom. <laughs> okay. So you can marry rich and dumb or broken wise, right? It's, it's possible that I'm not there yet. Only reason why I was making, only reason why I was making $25,000 a year is not because I had a $25,000 gift. Right, 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 right. It wasn't that I had a $25,000 plan. Yeah, yeah. It was that, this was the path that I was on in the moment. And that's the season this God is, had you. This was the season yeah. I was in. I, I'm just making my way up. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. my wife knows I has I have every intention. Right. I didn't have the money, yeah. but my wisdom was was there. Yeah. Anyway, we we put our money together. And here's what I did with my wife, mm-hmm. right? I said, hey, I'm gonna pay all the bills. I'm paying rent for the part. I'm paying, I'm paying the bills. You just have fun with your money. I'm paying the bills with my twenty five thousand. You keep your thirty five. I'm I got everything with the twenty five, right? Because I'm the I'm the man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm the man. I'm a beast. I'm I'm the boss. Because I wanted to be able to say, hey, I pay the I bills. Yeah. Pay. Every man, every man, every tell the man, truth. Bro. Wants to be able to say, I pay the bills in this house. But bro, that's, so that's I, not good thinking. No, it's horrible thinking. Yeah. But so what happened was every month I pay the bills. Uh-huh. And I'd be broke. I got nothing. <laughs> so I would go to my wife and ask her for I'd money. I'd be like, hey, uh, can I borrow uh, uh, you know, 30 bucks? Can I hold 30 to the end of the bullet. week? <laughs> I know. Oh. Can I hold 30 to the end of the week? I, I, I got you. As soon as I get this, blah, blah, blah. And my wife would be looking at me like, what is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> you're not borrowing $30 from me. You're married. It's our money. It's our, no, 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 no. I was like, no, no, no. No, nope, nope. I got <laughs> Really, Carrie? 
I was like, no, 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 no. Just, I promise I'm going to give it back. And after some time of doing this, we sat down with a mentor of mine. And he was just like, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. And he started talking to us about, instead of uh, running your money individually, why don't you run your money together? Yeah, absolutely. Why don't you put everything together? Yeah. And the moment I stopped seeing the money as my money and her Her money, money. and we started to see it as our money, dude, we took off. Mm. Now, today, we don't even talk about money. Mm. Today, it's not even an issue. It's not even an issue. Right. My wife works because she wants to work. Yeah. She doesn't have to work. Right. I don't need her to work. Right. We're not, she just likes to do what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And I like to her see her happy. But we ain't talking about money. Right. And so if she would have said nah, because I was making 25, mm-hmm. I'm making I'm I'm making way beyond that at yeah. this point in right. my life right. and through the years that we've been together. Right. I like the fact that we started from the bottom. Mm-hmm. I actually liked it. I actually wouldn't replace that because there's something about starting from the bottom and coming up together that just creates a glue that you just don't get anywhere else. And so any guy right now is on the bottom or a female who's looking at a guy who may be at the bottom, uh, if his mindset is wrong, <laughs> run for right, your life. Right. But if the mindset is right, man, you may have get you may be getting in on something that you're really gonna see appreciate in so many different ways. And I think the way that you can see if his mindset is right is do you see fruit from his vision, from his mindset? I think, guys, we, we could talk real good, yeah. you know, but if if we're talking and if we're saying, hey, we want to get out of debt. Hey, I want I want to expand my career. OK, cool. Do you see fruit? Do you see him paying off his debt? Do you see him getting around the right men, the right people yeah. that's going to expand his career? Yeah. Do you see fruit from what he is saying if you don't see fruit see fruit like you said you got to jet out but it's like man i i get slammed so much because this generation of millennials which like i said earlier i think that we we do a lot right mm-hmm. but then i think that we have some things that we really need to work on that's preventing everything that we do right is preventing it from be, being really good yeah. you know and like this this millennial generation of ladies is like yo i'm making 60 70 grand a year but I think they miss this one point. Yeah, you're making 60, 70, even sometimes six figures. But then you're also coming to the table with six figures in student loan debt. Right. Yeah. But it's like these ladies saying, if I'm making 60, 70, he needs to be making at least at least 100 to 150. Mm-hmm. He can't be making forty two thousand dollars. I don't care if he do got a, a vision. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, ladies, that that's not that's not a good mindset because yeah. you never know where God has this man at and why is he there and what, what does he need to get from there? And I think that should be one of the very first question that a woman asks a man, where are you at in life? Mm. And why are you here? Yeah. And where are you going? Yeah. And I think that helps out the legacy process. hundred percent. I, I, I hate that that is where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of that is, we are still thinking legacy as a material. Mm. I, I gotta, I gotta uphold a particular appearance. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. I know many single women who make seventy thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. and are stressed. Seventy thousand dollars a year, no peace. Seventy thousand dollars a year and carrying the weight and the burden and the load of life all on your own shoulders. And so you're gonna you're putting a value of hey, <clears throat> you're gonna reject a guy who's making forty two thousand dollars so that you can make seventy and have no peace. Mm. 
and are burning out and getting weary Mm. and getting tired and frustrated. Mm. And I just think that at some point we got to get out of that mindset. Mm -hmm. We have to stop judging. I tell people this. You always pick assignment over appearance, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? I want to look like we killing it. I want to, no, no, no. It's, I don't, it's not about looking like you're killing it. It's about my assignment mm-hmm. is to connect with somebody, to, to build purpose, to build legacy, to establish something. Facts. I've got to put that over what people are going to think or what people are going to say or where I'm, what neighbor I'm going to live in. I've I've lived in poor neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. I've lived in some really good neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's crazy in both neighborhoods. There, mm-hmm. there, <laughs> there really is. There, there is. Yeah. And so for you, you just have to figure out what's my assignment, what's my calling, what's my purpose. You know, I, I want to talk about this, man, because you know, when I think of legacy, let's let's talk about legacy from a perspective of like the practical job, career, money wise, real quick, and then I want to get into legacy from a a spiritual perspective of how important is being involved kingdom wise. Yeah. Right? Um, but from the practical standpoint, you know, we have a, a new generation now that is starting to become YouTubers mm-hmm. um, that are starting to become influencers that, that are starting to make money in a way that is not normal from our parents and grandparents generation. Mm-hmm. Do you think YouTubers, someone that, um, let's say he just gets on there and plays PlayStation and shows mm-hmm. people how to pass certain levels. Yeah. Who's making 25, 30 grand a month. Yeah. Can, can, can build legacy from a financial perspective. 100%. Um, <clears throat> building legacy from a financial perspective mm-hmm. is about, am I solving a problem okay. that people will pay me for? In order to make their life easier in a particular area. My, my, my. If I'm solving a problem, Mm -hmm. regardless of what that problem is, Mm. then financially, I am building a legacy. Yeah, yeah. If I am walking in my purpose Mm -hmm. and using the gift God gave me, Mm -hmm. okay? So Mm -hmm. I don't have the ability to play video games in a way that makes somebody want to give some money. But if I did, (laughs) I'd use it because that's, that's my gift. Yeah. Um, I think there was a day where it was like, man, you can't make money doing that. You can't say that today. Mm-mm. You can make money doing almost anything, anything. at anything. this point in mm-hmm. this world. Yeah. Um, the question is, is it changing lives? Is it solving a problem? Is it helping people? If it's doing those things and is it part of my purpose? If it's doing those things, then you can absolutely build legacy. The world is different. Yeah. Things have changed. My kids are running home yeah. to turn on YouTube yeah. to watch other kids play with toys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been playing with toys my whole oh, life. <laughs> Never made a dime. I'm looking at these kids. They're just like, yeah, this is Bobby and this is little. And my kids are intrigued and my kids are watching it and my kids are into it. And I'm saying, hey, now as a parent, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as a parent yeah. who needs your child to be entertained for at least an hour a day, right. get, can somebody help me get these kids entertained for a second? Because me and mommy got to go do something, right? Or me and mommy got to, we got a Zoom call or we, man, I, I just need, because I'm not the parent that's like, my kids always got to be in a book. No. Nope. Right. Sometimes the kids need to be entertained. You yeah. know what? Can somebody help me complete? <laughs> oh, y'all, y'all play with toys? Solved y'all want to watch that? They solved 
a problem for me because for an hour, I let my kids get some entertainment that they enjoy. And I don't have to worry about anything crazy coming on the screen or no cuss word or, or who's doing something behind this. Wow. You're solving a problem to tell the people who are doing that, uh-huh. Uh-huh. man, this ain't no real job. This you ain't doing no real legacy playing with toys. Who cares about playing with toys? Yeah. No, no. Somebody needs to be playing with toys, needs to be playing with toys. Yeah. And my kids are getting something out of it. And as a parent, I rather my kids yeah. watch these kids play with toys because number one, my kids are going to now play with toys. Yep. And I don't know if y'all know, kids stopped playing with toys a long time ago, yeah. but they back now because of YouTube. <laughs> the other thing is that I know this is good. It's, yeah. I don't have to worry about, about content. you know, some movie producer or TV producer sneaking in some content or some messaging to my child that I don't want them to see. Yeah. Anyway, the point is that find a problem mm-hmm. that you've been called to solve. Mm-hmm. Instead of criticizing how people make their money, figure out what you've been called to do mm-hmm. to solve that problem. I remember when LeBron James mm-hmm. got all this uh, heat for uh, making the decision online. Years ago, he goes on and, you know, says he's going with the Miami Heat yeah, instead of that. Cleveland Cavaliers and I'm taking yeah. my town to South Beach. Uh, that was one of the most highest rated programs in the history of ESPN. All day. And I used to tell people, you can say, that ain't no program. You just sitting there making a decision. You can say that. Right. But 10 million people watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry, if 10 million people wanted to see me decide that was a program. on whether I was going to eat pizza or if y'all want to, if y'all all want to watch it, I'll sit there right there and just be like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> pizza or burger. Mm-hmm. Mm, pizza. And everybody wants to watch it. Everybody. I'm solving a problem. Absolutely. And so I think what we are learning is that people don't want to just solve problems through a major company anymore. Exactly. They're saying, I am the major company. Yeah, yeah. And I want to solve problems from my house, from my home. Um, I remember right before the pandemic, I wrote a book called Living for Legacy. Mm-hmm. You guys can get it all at brianandbullock.com. Yeah. And I remember that I had a book tour plan. I was going to go to all these different spots and all these speaking engagements. And literally, as the books are coming into my house, I'm getting notifications and, and calls from people saying, hey, we had to cancel this because we had to shut down because of a COVID. pandemic, COVID. Yeah. Hey, man, I know it's going to bring you in. Hey, man, I know I promised you could bring 500 books, but can't do it anymore. I'm sitting there like, whoa, what's going on? I got a living room in the house full of boxes of books. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do because I can't travel anymore. No one's traveling. We came up with the idea of, why don't we do a virtual book tour? Mm-hmm. Oh, what's a virtual book tour? Why don't we find all the major influencers mm-hmm. that are online? Mm-hmm. Let's call them and ask if we can talk about our book on an IG live video. Mm-hmm. And so we called it a virtual book tour. You was one that book yeah. tour. Yeah. And we did it every single day for like two weeks. I had like 14 straight days. Right. Do you know that every time I went on IG Live, I had more people watching an IG Live wow. than I would have gotten had I went to Travel that engagement, traveling all over the place. Wow. I'm literally wearing a suit jacket and some shorts and because don't nobody know what I'm wearing. And so I'm just sitting here on these book tours and we sold thousands of books from our living room. Why? Because we found a way to creatively solve a problem in this day and we're building legacy. And I think what's important about it is you're building your legacy. It's like you did, you went viral about two, three years ago and shoot at least once a month. 
Mm-hmm. You're going viral again from this clip. Yeah. Like you really talked about like really understanding the power of your last name and building legacy for you and yourself. And what I hear you saying is like, man, listen, if, if, if you could, if you could solve a problem, solve that problem and, and, and it's yours, like you, it's your, your last name. And it's like, man, it reminds me, it's like, man, think about it. And I'm not knocking people who work eight to five jobs and I'm not knocking people who go buy certain things, but think about it. You wake up every single day. To go solve a problem for another man's last name, for another family. And then you're not really focusing on your legacy. Yeah. You're not really focusing on your last name. Yeah. And bro, like why what made you do research on companies like McDonald's, companies like um uh you said Rolls Royce was mm-hmm. one of them. Like, Two last names, yeah. Like what made you really do the research on really going into depth of this whole, the power of your last name and how we're working and spending our money on another family's last name, but not really sewing into ours. Man, I wish I had a deeper answer, mm-hmm. but it was a movie. <laughs> I was watching the founder, Michael Keaton. Yep, yep. And he was playing the role of Ray Kroc. Wow. And I'd heard so much about how Ray, uh, Ray Kroc, quote unquote, swindled the McDonald brothers yeah. out of their company. I said, let me watch it. And so in the movie, obviously people don't may not, may not even know that McDonald's were there were two brothers mm-hmm. who started this, you know, fast food restaurant. And Ray Kroc ended up, you know, uh uh buying it from them. Yeah. And he ended up making he owns it. His family, the Kroc family, owns McDonald's, McDonald's today. Anyway, uh in the end of the movie, one of the scenes in the movie, he asked them after they signed over their company to Ray Kroc. He asked them, do you know why I wanted your company? And they said, yeah, it's because of our our burgers and fries. And he said, no, your burgers are okay. I'm going to improve your burgers. And they said, well, it's because of our fast technique, our, you know, the system that we have. He said, no, the system's cool. I'm actually going to make the system much better. And he said these words. He says, wow, you really don't know the secret to your power. He said, the reason why I wanted your company was because of the name mm-hmm. McDonald's. Wow. He said McDonald's is American. Wow. People will come from all over the world to live the American dream. He said, I can sell anything. I can sell burgers, pies, ice cream, because everybody wants to be a part of the family. Yeah. McDonald's. Mm-hmm. When he said that, Ooh. it unlocked something in me like, man, that's yeah. pretty deep. Yeah. I didn't know that McDonald's, I thought McDonald's was just a name. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I thought Ronald McDonald was real. Mm-hmm. And I thought that mm-hmm. we just named it after the clown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not realizing, no, this is a family. Yeah. So it just made me say, how many other companies mm. are actually families? Mm. To my amazement, mm. majority mm-hmm. of the companies that we frequent mm-hmm. every single day. I'm, I, I think I got Levi's on right now. <laughs> I've been saying Levi's since I was a kid. Y'all, you got some Levi's? Yep. Man, I got the Levi's from 501. Yep. Levi is a last name. Is a last name. Yep. To my shock, to my surprise. So it opened up something in me like, wait a minute, Levi, uh, uh, Marriott, Gucci, Hennessy. I didn't know about Marriott. Harley Davidson. Yeah, Marriott is a last name. And I'm sitting there saying, man, all these last names. What is Bullet? What am I doing? <laughs> it made me scratch my head and say, I got to do something with Bullet. Now, I'm not of the I'm not of the mindset. And I know there's a group 
And and I know that's something that you push entrepreneurship strongly. Yeah. Because you are an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and you have scratched and clawed your way mm-hmm. to where you are. I do believe there's a group of people mm-hmm. who are like, man, I love what I do. I met a 22-year-old uh, yesterday mm-hmm. who moved from uh, Maryland okay. to Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. Because his dream is to be an executive in NASCAR. Yeah, yeah. His father was a NASCAR guy. His dream is to be an executive in NASCAR. He's fighting his way to get an executive position at Company Quest for him. Mm-hmm. That is a dream. You mean if you ask him, hey man, just build your own racetrack. He has no interest. That's, I, I, it sounds good, but for me, I love this company. I want to be a part of what they're doing, and that's that's my dream. If that's your dream, that's fine. If you want to work for a company, that's fine. If you work for a company and you hate it, that's not fine. Right. But if you feel like you're in your purpose, yeah. you enjoy what you do yeah. and allows you the opportunities to do things you want to do, that's fine. Right. It is still your responsibility yes. to make sure yeah. that you are providing and taking care of your last name yes. and not just the CEOs. Ooh. So too many people work for a nine to five and they have ignored their family. They've yeah. ignored their bloodline. They've ignored who they are. I'm not asking you to quit your job. Right. The legacy guy's not asking you to quit your job. People stop me all the time saying, you want me to quit? Like, no. If you hate where you work, you don't deserve to work there. You should quit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you love what you do, you're walking in your purpose. Man, I love this job. Man, I I make a good earning doing it. Mm -hmm. And I have no interest in trying to go out there and do that on my own. Mm -hmm. That's fine. But I still got to recognize when I... Come home. What am I doing with the resources that God has given my family? Yeah. What am I doing with the gift that God has given my family? Yeah. And am I using it for us to build something? Yeah. Or am I totally ignoring my family who I am just so I can make someone else rich? That is not what we're trying to do. I'm I'm so grateful that you said that because one of the ways to where I do believe that there are some dope Scotty Pimpins out there. Mm. People who are called to work at a job to assist a family and building their vision, but it doesn't stop you from building and providing and making sure that your last name, that your family is taken care of and protected. And, 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 and when you said that this dropped in my spirit, I think one of the ways we can sit here and work 40 years, 50 years for a company that we love um, and give them more. And then we die and we don't leave our families with anything practically And I think one of the best ways we could do that is life insurance, you know, and I think a piece of legacy is 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 about the wealth. What what are you leaving your kids or what are you leaving your family with so that they can mourn you in peace so that they can go out there and build something and continue to build something. Right. And I think that one of the best ways to do that is term life insurance. And I've partnered with the company called Ethos and um, you can go to anthonyonell.com forward slash ethos. Because if you're watching this today and you have a kid, you have a spouse, you have family, you have loved ones, and you're putting more effort into your job, and you're putting in great effort, you're doing exactly what God has called you to do, but you haven't thought about how am I setting my kids and my family up to win if I, not if, when I pass. And if you haven't sat down and put something in place to where you can leave them with a half a million dollars, a million dollars. Um, then, then you're not really building legacy. 
what you're doing is you're, you're, you're building drama. You're building something to where now families are, are going to be in bondage. They say, Brian, that nearly within about six months after the breadwinner passes, mm. that family is struggling. Mm. They're, they're not, they're not saying, thank God. Like, wow. Yeah. My dad left me something. My, my husband, my wife left me something. They're saying, how are we going to pay bills? How am I going to pay this mortgage? How am I going to get my kids into school? How am I going to pay this? How am I going to, and, and there's no peace. And so, um, I want y'all to check that out. That really wasn't even on my, 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 my agenda today to really, really talk about that. But I just felt led to do that because I know some of y'all are scared to look into that. Um, it is time consuming, but here's what I do love about ethos. And then I want to talk to Brian about the kingdom side of things. Um, ethos, there's no blood check required. There's no test. You don't have to go into no building. You literally have to answer a few questions online. It'll take you about 11 minutes, 12 minutes max to complete this. You can get you a million dollar policy for like 20 bucks a month, like 20, 30 bucks a month. Um, I recommend that you get at least 10, uh, 10 times your income. Uh, so if you make a hundred thousand times that by 10 and get that in the policy and pass that down to your wife, to your kids, to your spouse, whoever you want to leave it on. Um, but you'll get your results back as far as on what do you qualify within a matter of seconds. Um, and they're not insurance based. So it's like, Hey, they're going to educate you and teach you along this process and help you secure your legacy. Cause the last thing I want to see you do is work hard for 40 years and your family loses it six months after you pass. And I think going into the kingdom side, Brian is that's just good stewardship of your life. And here soon, man, you are going to be planting a church, which is another side of legacy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's now you're, you're, you're building the kingdom's legacy. So not just yeah. Brian Bullock's legacy, but the kingdom of, of Jesus Christ's legacy. Um, man, what, when did you realize you want to do a church, man? Man, um, well, I was born and raised in church. Yep. And obviously single mom, absent dad, dad was just struggling. Uh, all the chaos that I saw in my house. Yeah. When I went to church, church helped me see who I really was. Wow. Uh, church was able to unlock purpose mm. on the inside of me, my gifts mm. and who I am. And so for me, as I've gotten older, uh, my desire is that what God unlocked in me, mm. I get to unlock in other people. And I get to see people and see the gift in them and see the God in them yeah. and see the graces on their life yeah. and help unlock whatever it is that's holding them back from mm -hmm. becoming everything God wanted them to be. Mm -hmm. And I get to follow that journey with them. Mm -hmm. So every single Sunday, man, I get excited about the fact that I'm going to get to sit there and stand before a group of people who whose hearts are open. And I get to say, hey, do you know who you are? This book tells you who you are. There's a God that tells you who you are and watch purpose uh, be ignited in every person wow. and watch those people go on their journey. Wow. And so I've always wanted to do that. Right. Um, I didn't know that it was called pastor, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but I would say that I always knew that I'd be in ministry serving in the local church because the local church saved my life. Wow. Period. 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 And so 
you're going to Charlotte, North Carolina. We are going to the Queen City, man. We're going to Charlotte, and yeah. I'm super excited about it. Yeah. Uh, the church is going to be launching January 29th, okay. 2023. Yeah. And uh, we're just excited, man. I just think that Charlotte is a beautiful city. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tell me that seven to 800 people are moving there a day. A day? A day. Uh, within Charlotte wow. and outside of Charlotte, the metropolitan area of Charlotte, there are 2 million people. Wow. People are leaving New York and they're leaving California and they're leaving all these different places and they're moving to certain hotspots. We know Atlanta's a hotspot. Mm-hmm. Nashville's a hotspot. Mm-hmm. There's some places in Texas that are hotspots. We know that Charlotte is a hotspot. Yeah. And I just believe this. Wherever God has a harvest, mm-hmm. he's going to send laborers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so there's a harvest of souls and of families and of people who need their lives revived. Uh, and so I just think that I'm just one of the people and we're one of the churches that God is sending to Charlotte to make an impact. We are not there to be the big church right. in Charlotte. Right. We want to make a big impact that's in so Charlotte. Cool. And I think that's what has me really excited about this season. So if, if, cause I have a lot of people in Charlotte okay. and I, and I think this is important because you can't really build legacy without the foundation of Christ. Yeah. Um, and I think that a lot of you all watching right now are saying, man, I like this guy. I I I, I like B. I, he he's he's dope. And if you're in that Charlotte or in the surrounding area, uh, you want to get connected uh, because who Brian is connected to is absolutely amazing. Um, he is partnering with um, my my other closest friend, uh, Pastor Stephen Chandler. Him and his beautiful wife Zai Chandler in the Union Church, and he will be the the uh, the lead pastor for Union. Uh, Union Church, Charlotte. Yeah. Um, up underneath the leadership of Union Church here in the DMV area where Pastor Stephen and Pastor Zai launches. But if you want to be, if they want to be involved with Charlotte, if, if they want to learn more about the launch, about maybe even serving to help launch it, to be a part of it, or just to come out there and check it out. Yeah. yeah. You know, how, how, what, how can they learn more about this info? Uh, all you got to do is take out your phone and text Union CLT yeah. to 97000. Mm. Union CLT, this one word, to 97000. They text that. And uh, they're going to get a bunch of emails from us. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be able to, to to schedule some Zoom time with me and my wife so that we could meet them and yeah. just tell them about the vision and what's right. happening. Uh, they'll be able to get information about when our interest socials and hangouts are going to be. Uh, we have a big serve day and outreach getting ready to happen in July. That's going to take place in July. Um, that's going to take place in Charlotte. Um, and uh, they'll just be able just to learn more. I believe this, man. People are searching for something authentic. Yeah. They're searching for community. Um, I know that we grew up in churches where it was like, who's the best preacher? Who's the best mm-hmm. speaker? Uh, man, people got YouTube. They're yeah. listening to the Anthony O'Neill podcast. Yep, yep, yep. They're getting content all day. Yep. What they're not getting is a community of people yeah. that can help me grow spiritually. How do I take this information, yeah. apply it to my life, so I actually grow and get something out of this? Yes, That's what we do as a local church, man. We're going to put community around you. We're going to make sure that you're not doing life alone. Because what we learned during the pandemic is that we needed a break from each other, mm-hmm. but we're starting to break without each other. Ooh. And so our job, our goal is to reunite us, union church, uniting people with purpose, man, so that we can build and do life together. Man, so listen, if you guys are in the DMV area or in Charlotte, 
uh, get connected with, with the union. You know, one of the, a lot of people don't know this, but I was about to move to either Charlotte or Houston. And I just felt God calling me to, to DMV for a little while. Um, I will eventually end up in Charlotte uh, because I want to be closer to my family. And my dad is getting a little bit older and I want to be able to go play golf with my dad on a Tuesday morning and just, you know, get, get some more of his wisdom um, as he is getting older uh, because um, that's just important to me. But I came to the DMV area um, not because I wanted to, but because I felt called to be a part of the union community. And I mean, my life has changed. I've grown. I've matured spiritually um, and I am maturing and evolving still today uh, because of this amazing community. So I will make sure to put uh, Pastor Brian's info if you're in the Charlotte area. And I'm also going to put um, our info if you're in the DMV area and you just want to come check out this church. I think we, we got what, three, four locations here in the DMV area? Now we have four locations okay. and uh, Charlotte will be the first out-of-state location first out of state. church. And it won't be the last. And it won't be the last. It won't be the last. It, it won't last. be the last. I mean, what, 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 what you and well, what Pastor Stephen, Zai, and then now you joining on on that big team, that's going to be amazing. And can I say this about legacy? Yeah. <clears throat> when we talk about making an impact, mm-hmm. there is such a thing as called an eternal impact. Ooh. There are some things that you just do for eternity's sake. Yeah, yeah. There are some things that you just do because this is bigger than me. I may not get an earthly reward for serving in this parking team or yeah. for uh, uh, helping this person in this area or just being... I mean, I get a a a earthly reward, mm-hmm. but boy, I'm getting an eternal one. And I think there are some things that are bigger than a paycheck. Mm-hmm. I think there are some things I do because God smiles on it. And sometimes God's smile fulfills you more than man's paycheck. And so uh, building a local church is about saying, hey, I'm not just building legacy down here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm building legacy up, up there in heaven. And I think that's huge. And like you, you you're building, but it's like, we help you build. 100%. And that plays a part in, in our legacy building for eternity. 100%. And so that's why, and I try not to force my Christianity down you all's uh, throat, but I don't run away from it either. And um, I believe that God is, he's the only reason why I'm able to do what I'm doing today on my own. Yeah. You know, and I'll be honest, man. I mean, I was I was nervous. I was scared stepping out. Uh, because I was leaving two huge giants, but God said, but whose shoulders were they standing on? Mm. And he said, if you focus on kingdom building and doing what I put inside of you, you will be all right. Mm. And I'm, and because of that, I'm building legacy. And uh, bro, thank you so much for coming on. If people want to get your book, how can they get your book again? They need to go to brianmbullock.com. Okay. And uh, you'll see the link right there for Living for Legacy. And if you want, if you just love Amazon like that, that's how you roll. Yeah. We're on Amazon. Just look up Brian M. Bullock Living on for Amazon. Legacy on Amazon. Cool. And then uh, we'll put the information if you're in the Charlotte area to go check out uh, Charlotte. I'll be there. Uh, when they launch and um, I will make sure that you all know more information about that. Charlotte, so y'all can come and be a part of it. Uh, Cause it's going to be, a, it's going to be a huge launch service. It's going to be a party. It's going to be a celebration. And I'm excited that uh, Charlotte gets to experience uh, union church and Brian Bullock. I mean, that's going to be, it's going to be insane. It's going to be crazy. man. I mean, I, I, I respectfully say this, Charlotte, you, you haven't really seen a black church like this. And this is not only for black people, yeah. but 
You have not seen a, a church that's going to have the charisma as Brian, but the systems that are, are going to be put in place to serve you and to disciple you and to help you along your journey spiritually and practically. I haven't seen a lot. And one of the things that we see so good in the black church is the charisma as a senior pastor, but then there's no systems that ushers me in, in into discipleship. And I think that's what Union and Brian Bullock are bringing to the table uh, because, I mean, the brilliance of our senior pastor, Pastor Stephen and, and Zai, it's just, it's all about how do we disciple you? Not just put on a good Sunday service, yeah. but how do we get you closer to God, closer to your calling, yeah. closer to you building legacy, closer to just you being a better individual? So, Charlotte, Listen, the boy can the boy can preach. Just <laughs> just YouTube him. You'll see him hooping, hollering, singing, screaming, running around. The boy can preach. But I think the best thing about it is not only will you get the good word, you're going to get the systems in place that's going to help you become a better individual. So we'll drop all of his information in today's show notes. You guys make sure to check out my friends over there at Prize Pool and at Ethos because. Building a legacy on a practical standpoint is very important. And you got to have a savings account. You got to have some money set aside and you got to have life insurance to really protect you and your family. Please do not leave your family without some level of finances to help them mourn your transition into the kingdom. Um, and that's important. You don't want to be. Ooh, this is so good. You don't want to be in. The, you don't want to be in heaven smiling. Enjoying life, peace, joy, being around God, and your family is on earth going through hell. You don't want that. And you can help that by simply getting life insurance and leaving them with something to where they're not worried, worried about the finances. They're, they're mourning. And then once they get through a mourning, they're celebrating that you're with God. So check out Ethos. Check out Prize Pool. Check out Union Church in Charlotte or in the DMV area. And we'll see you on the next show. Peace out.